You'll do as you're told. Because if you don't, I'll be in charge of the beating next time. The longer I stay in here, the less chance I have of going back across the Nullarbor. And that suits me fine. You don't ever tell a screw anything about anything. I sentence you to six months detention in Wentworth. Hi, and welcome to Cellblock Age Podcast. B-Sides. I'm your host, Lars. This is going to be a bit of a different episode of Cellblock Age Podcast. In the last episode of the show, episode 3, I said that I was going to do some sort of riot ranking in another episode. This is that episode. Since I hadn't seen the show in a couple of years, I felt that I had to freshen up on the other riots that happened during the show so that I could give this first riot a fair score. Before I get into all the details, I will mention that this episode will contain spoilers for those who haven't seen the show. So before we move on, spoilers everyone, spoilers. I will talk about all the riots that happens throughout the series over a couple of episodes and I will give them a score from 1 to 5 where 1 will be the lowest and 5 will be the highest score. I will give a brief description of what happens in the episode when the riot takes place and maybe go into some key moments but I will mostly overall talk about what I thought about said riot. As I mentioned in the last episode I'm changing the format of the show I will still review each and every episode of the show, but this will perhaps give you a taste of what it will feel like and sound like for that matter. I wanted to give you something while you're waiting for episode 4, and this B-sides might be a recurring theme, but we'll see. Frankie and B's riot in episode 3 is filled with emotion, action and some overall really good acting and nice framing shots, with really fitting music or sound effects. You have to consider that this was only the third episode of the show, and they really did things right. If there's one thing that you can consider a negative, is that it's really only one episode, but then again it's jam-packed. I would probably give this a 4 out of a 5. It's a really fucking good riot. But now to the main focus of today. The episodes I will talk about is 120 until 122. And the plot of these episodes revolve around a protest regarding Sharon Gilmore's death. I'm almost hesitant calling this a riot since it's so fucking lame. The whole thing starts because Judy won't Jock Stewart get away with killing Sharon Gilmore and considers a hunger strike until they listen to her and give the case a fair hearing where Jock is convicted of the murder. B convinces her to take another route. This will get her nowhere. Cue the entrance of our star for this riot, Leanne Burke, daughter of Noeline Burke. She got six months for petty larceny, stealing basically. She's stowed away in a single cell but doesn't like being on her own so she sets her bed on fire so she can spend the night in another cell. What's going on? 
got sick of being on my own, so I set fire to the bed. <laughs> Just like that? Sure. Told him it was an accident in the drongos, believe me. Well, good on you, love. At least they know you're alive. She's chucked in with Judy, though Jim and Vera are a bit hesitant of her sharing a cell with a lesbian. We all know that all gay people prey on the young. Leanne has a somewhat more open-minded mind view on it all and couldn't care less as long as Judy doesn't do any funny business. Judy suggests that they all strike until they get an official inquiry into Sharon's death. B agrees and makes Lorna, she finally talks, who has kitchen duty to sneak out food to all the cells to prepare them for the upcoming strike. Well, how am I going to get it out? You'll find a way. Just do it. Everything you can get away with. Now, what if I get caught? Then we'll come and visit you in the pound. Bugger it all. Let's strike while the iron's hot. When they find out that there's already been an inquiry in Jockey's found not guilty, Judy and B takes action and starts the strike whilst being in the rec room. Not the smartest move. They all spend the night in there before giving up to take another crack at it. They start scheming and the new plan involves taking the strike outside. But they are not really sure how to get the papers there. Leanne overhears the plans and tries to help by telling her mother of the plans. But it all backfires and they are locked inside. But not before cooking up yet another scheme. Judy, Margot and Lisa is going to charge the governor's office to call the press whilst B and the others are going to get up onto the roof with the signs. This of course fails too. The press agency doesn't believe Judy and think it's a prank call. Erica janks out the cord from the wall. The best thing about this scene is Leanne combing Mrs. Jackson's hair with that garden hand fork and that Judy leaves Margot and Lizzie with Dave and Mrs. M. Holy hell, what was she thinking? I mean, sure, Margot maybe can handle herself, but Lizzie, when there's booze around? <laughs> also, that scene with Vera is quite tame and you don't really feel it. And it all really falls apart when Leanne comes in all crazy and wants blood. They probably have to, because they couldn't prove one of us pushed you. Kill her, B. Kill her! Kill her! Kill her! Kill her! B, you wouldn't. It's probably the only good thing in this scene, but unfortunately it cracks me up. I don't think that was the intent of this scene. They all get up on the roof and is finally able to spread the message. Though from down below, I'm not really sure that you can make out what the hell they are yelling about. And also, the signs they've written is a bit hard to read. Though that isn't the main focus, it's our star, Leanne Burke, who takes one of the sheets and gets even higher up onto the roof. And of course, falls down. <laughs> I 
I am so, so sorry, you guys. I really wasn't expecting this kind of reaction from myself. I've probably been laughing for the, for a couple of minutes now, and I'm having trouble to contain myself. But let's try to calm down and get back to the script. I'm not going to lie. This gets me every fucking time, and obviously it got me this time too, just by reading it out loud. Holy hell, it's so fucking stupid. Leanne falls to her death by sheer stupidity, and the riot is over. Judy's little protest leads to nothing but setting the wheels in motion for Leanne dying. And it's... Man, I'm, I'm going off script here, but it's just a ridiculous scene and I can't do anything but to laugh at it. It's so fucking stupid and so freaking hilarious. I know that isn't the intent with the whole plot or the riot, but it's so stupid and I kind of have a hate, a love relationship with that riot and that scene. The next episode and aftermath of the riot is basically Judy feeling guilty for Leanne's death. Nolene ends up in Wentworth and Judy tells her that she's responsible for the death and stands up against B for wanting to go after Nolene. That's the gist of it. I know there's the story of Lizzie and her daughter and granddaughter and there's the story with Carrie, the artist, but that doesn't concern me right now, since I'm talking about the riot, if you even can call it that. It's super lame, and the only thing that makes it somewhat bearable is Leanne. She's my shining light in this storyline. If, and if you have listened to The Worst Idea of All Time, you, you know what I mean. And if you haven't, go and listen to the first episode of, of that podcast. It's amazing. I think it's two people from New Zealand. It's two guys watching Grown Ups 2 each and every week for a whole year. It's fucking amazing. Though the episodes where they get high isn't that good, those episodes are kind of boring, but when they are drinking it's a whole nother vibe, vibe to it. Sorry, got off topic here. But if you like the idea of two people watching Grown Ups 2 each and every week for a whole year, go and listen to it. It's amazingly stupid and so fucking funny. Anyways, let's get back to my podcast instead. I would give this a 2 out of 5. If it wouldn't have been for Leanne, I would have given this a 1. Where's the tension? Where's the action? At least when Frankie got things going, it got interesting. Things got smashed, we got great acting, great dialogue, and some killer-ass music and sound effects. This is just meh. Well, not all of it. We got some great lines for Vera, per usual. But the difference is, we haven't got any rights, and that's what this is all about. You're criminals, you don't deserve any rights. We want the governor. Hey, what's going on? We can't be expected to watch you 24 hours a day. So whenever there isn't an officer on duty, this remains locked. Animals like you deserve to be in a cage. Bitch! <laughs> As always, you can find all the links and quotes in the show notes. And if there's any reference to any show or thing or whatever, 
those will always be linked in the show notes as well. And that was all I've got for you this time. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. And if you want to contact me regarding anything about the show, please do so by tweeting at me at cellpodcast, emailing me at cellblockagepodcast at gmail.com or contact me on Facebook, Podcast. You can also find video updates on my newly created YouTube account, Cellblock Age Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Let's cue the outro and get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm.